0: a privilege to be able to be with you on home team weekend it's a privilege and i want to give honor where honor is due before i get into anything else to our lead pastors pastor rob and pastor becca ketterling for not only believing in us but giving us the opportunity to share with all of you i've known them for a long time and they truly are some of the best at pouring into young leaders and young pastors, and so I am so thankful to be able to be under their leadership and learn and grow. Alongside of them, if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Lindsey Freitag, and I am one of the Go Kids pastors at the Apple Valley Campus. I've been on staff for a little bit over a year. I get the privilege of helping lead kids into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ and help them build a foundation that they can build on top of for the rest of their life because how many of you know that it doesn't have to start when you're in middle school, high school, or when you're an adult, but that Jesus can meet you where you're at when you're a kid. And so I get to do that every single week back in Co Kids and it is a privilege and they are so much fun. A fun fact about myself, for those of you who don't know me, I actually grew up in Lakeville, Minnesota my entire life. I went to elementary school here, I went to middle school here, and I graduated from Lakeville North High School. Shout out to Lakeville North if you went to Lakeville South. I'm sorry. I feel for you. But I graduated from Lakeville North and then moved a super far away from home to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I went to North Central University, and then I lived abroad for a little bit, and then I graduated with my pastoral degree, and then God brought me right back here. How many of you know that God has you exactly where he wants you, amen? You can be a little bit better than that. Saturday night, I know you can. God has you exactly where you want to be, amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, before we get into kingdom culture week three, I'm going to pray. So if you want to bow your heads, close your eyes with me, I'm going to pray to open us up. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be able to come to church and to learn more about who you are, Jesus. I pray that you would speak directly to the hearts and the minds of the people in this room, God, that it wouldn't be my words, but that they would be yours, and that you would do exactly what you want to do tonight. In your name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. This week, we're continuing, as they said, into week three of Kingdom Culture. If you weren't here week one, we went over what it means to be committed. Week two, we went over what it looks like to love like Jesus Christ loved. And this week, we're going to go over what it looks like to have a servant's heart. So the message, or the title of the message today is A Servant's Heart. As we look at what it means to have a servant's heart, we will learn that when we serve, we reflect the true heart of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up with me to Philippians 2, 1 through 7, or your phone. That also qualifies these days. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone, you should download the Bible app on your phone. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen for those of you who don't have any of those. Philippians 2, 1 through 7 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others I don't know about you, but one of the hardest people for me to serve is our own people, our families, our spouses, our children, our parents, the people that are closest to us, not because we don't want to serve them, but sometimes we unintentionally overlook the need to serve the people in our own life, the people that are closest to us. But I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to say that they are the most important people to serve. I once heard a story of a newlywed couple, and they went to the movies, their first date out as a newlywed couple, and the wife forgot her purse in the car, so she ran back to get it, mistake number one, on the new husband. But when she got back to the stand, he was waiting for her with one ticket in his hand, and he had forgotten to buy her a ticket to the movie as well. And so she so kindly pointed out, uh, did you not notice that you only bought one ticket to the movie instead of two, one for me as well? And of course, husbands always have sly responses. And he said, I forgot to buy one for myself. How kind of you to remind me. (laughs) How many of you wish your spouse would respond to that that when it's a little bit of an iffy situation? But when we are with our families, we don't feel like We want to serve them because we want to relax. They're people that we're comfortable around. But that is why we should serve them that much more. The exact opposite is true. The way that we serve our families directly affects the atmosphere of your home and the way that you treat one another. If your families are full of self-centered and self-seeking people, how does that cultivate one another to serve each other outside of the home as well? Jesus knew that it was important for him to show his disciples what it looked like to serve family. In John 13, Jesus humbles himself and he washes his disciples' feet. The disciples were the people that were closest to Jesus in his life. They were the people that walked alongside him every single day. They were his family. In John 13, 12 through 17, it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he returned to his place. Do you not understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you, should have, that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What do you have to do to humble yourself in order to create a servant heart and a servant mind within your home? Maybe it's something really small to start. I know that my mom would love for me to unload the dishwasher. That is an easy way for me to serve her or to clean my room maybe. But what is something small that you can do for your family to start to cultivate a servant heart within your home? Or maybe it's something big. It can be either, or maybe it's something small that you need to start doing, or maybe it's something bigger that you need to start doing within your home. I know that it's hard to serve our families, but it is something that Jesus asked us to do, and that is where we need to start. A servant's heart also has the passion to serve others in the church. God has given every single one of you in this room a gift that he wants to use for his glory in the church of God. In Galatians 6, 9 through 10, Paul writes to a community of churches, and he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for the proper time will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong in the family of believers. I grew up in a home where it was not an option to miss church on a Sunday morning. We were involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. We were in sports and a lot of different things, but my parents made it a point that we were not missing church on a Sunday morning. It was a commitment that our family had made, and I think it's a commitment level that lacks in today, today's society as well. My dad went to North Central University as well, also formerly known as North Central Bible College. But when he went to North Central, he made a commitment that he was going to go to chapel service every single day. For those of you who are unfamiliar with North Central University, for their students, they have chapel Monday through Friday, every single day that the students are required to go to. But you get a certain amount of skips based upon what year you are in school. So if you're a freshman, you don't get as many. But when you're a senior, you get more because you have more things on your plate. But my dad decided that he was going to make a commitment to go to every single chapel service throughout his whole four years of college, which is a big commitment, it's hard to do. I failed, I did not do that, but he made the commitment. (laughs) So he did it, he made it to his fourth year, he was in his last week, last day, and he had gone to every single chapel service his entire four years, which is amazing. But his roommates decided that they did not want to let him achieve his personal goal. So they decided to play something a little mean trick on him. (laughs) They decided to handcuff him to his radiator in his dorm room so that he could not make it to his last day of chapel, which is so sad. But they handcuffed him to the radiator, and then they left the room, and they went to chapel themselves. Well, my dad's a little sneakier than you think. He doesn't look sneaky, but he is. Lo and behold, chapel service is about to start, and who walks in the door? My dad walks in the door, of course smiling ear to ear, I'm picturing it, it wasn't there. Smiling ear to ear and sits down right next to his friends before chapel service even started. And he made it to the last day of chapel. All four years he did not miss one service. Of course his friends are freaking out because how in the world did you get the handcuffs off of your hand and make it all the way to church? Nobody knows to this day, he will not tell any of us, how he got the handcuffs off of his wrists. He's gonna take it to his grave, he said, but we're gonna try and pry him a little bit for it until then. But this is not about commitment, it's about serving. But this is my challenge. If you are not committed to coming to church, how are you supposed to serve faithfully? If you are not committed to coming to church on a regular basis, how are you supposed to serve the church faithfully? I know that there are probably a million excuses running through your head. I'm so busy. I have a lot of kids. I don't know where to serve. I don't know many people. I don't have a gift worthy of giving to serve. A lot of excuses run through our heads, but I do know this. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus uses a little boy, and he has five loaves and two fish in his lunch. And Jesus asked him to give his gift, to give his gift to feed 5,000 plus people. I promise you that that little boy did not think that his gift was worthy of giving, but God did a miracle with that gift. What gift, no gift is too small in this room to give to the church of God, because God will use it no matter where you are or no matter what you have. What gift are you holding back from God what miracle are you holding back from God? You don't have to be perfect in your skill sets for God to use them. Romans 12:6 through8 says, "We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it gen- diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And add to it, if you're good with kids, work and go kids. <laughs> serve and go kids. For real though, if you are good with kids, serve and go kids, we would love to have you. If you have a gift and you don't see where it fits, and you're thinking, I do have a gift, I don't know where it would fit come find one of us, we would love to talk to you about how your gift can be used to serve the church of God. We have four services, three days a week. Look at your calendar, find what service fits for for your calendar, and then step into your yes, you can do it. Do not skip over serving others in your church. The church, your local church, is a priority. A servant's heart also has the desire to serve those outside of the church, the community around them. First Corinthians 9, 19, 19 through 23, Paul says, even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it, I wanted to be in on it. When I went to college in Minneapolis, I thought that I was exempt from serving in my community, because I was in a season of learning and not giving. The exact opposite was true. (laughs) I thought I was so focused on myself and my self-development in college that I did not focus on the people walking on the street in front of me in Minneapolis until my last year of school, when it was an assignment. In one of my classes my teacher assigned us to go out into the community of Minneapolis and to interact with the people so of course as a good student I did the assignment with a couple of my other classmates and that day when we did the assignment we walked out into the streets of Minneapolis we interacted with the people we had conversations with them we prayed with them we talked with them we were there for them we just listened to some of them some of them got healed on the streets of Minneapolis, and something in my heart changed that day because I served the community that I was in. I stepped outside of my comfort zone. I served. I put their needs above my own that day, and something shifted in my heart, and I saw the people that were walking on the streets of Minneapolis not just as people, but that they were people that I knew, and they were equal to me. In that moment in Minneapolis, I remember thinking to myself, why did I not do this earlier? Why did I not do this earlier? I had three years to do this. I graduated early, for those of you who are doing the math. I had three years to do this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me He said, you're right. You missed it. I don't want you guys to miss it in your communities. I was too busy focusing on myself and different aspects of my faith to put somebody else's needs above my own and to reach the community around me. Maybe for someone just to reach out and simply be there, simply to listen. Serving your community does not mean that you have to throw a party every month or do something crazy in your neighborhood. Or better yet, you don't have to do anything at all but just listen sometimes. A listening ear is an act of service. If you left your community today, that you're a part of, would anybody even notice? If you left the community that you live in right now, would anybody notice that you left? John 5, Jesus was walking to Jerusalem and it says that there were crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laying on the porches. And the, men laying there, the man, one man laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time and asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool of the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. Even on Jesus' day off, he saw the needs of the community around him and he did something about it. Maybe you don't know how to get started. Serving the community can be a little harder to get into, Well, good news. I have an easy way for you to get started. We talked about it at the beginning of service. (laughs) We have Serve Day, which happens to be next weekend. And I promise you, they did not plan to line them up, but it just happened to work that way. We are serving the community of Apple Valley. We're serving a bunch of different communities across all of River Valley. But Apple Valley Campus is serving the community of Apple Valley in a million different ways next weekend. And you get to be a part of it. It's as simple as walking out the doors and signing up on a piece of paper. It doesn't get much easier than that for serving. Are you going to let the opportunity pass you by? Or are you going to step up and have a servant's heart and let the Lord change your heart from the inside out? The greatest example of a servant's heart is Jesus Christ himself. Mark 10, 42 through 45, Jesus tells his disciples this command. Jesus called them together and said, you know those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentile lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, who is the only person who has the right to be served, came and humbled himself so that he could serve you and he could serve me. He washed his disciples' feet. He fed the 5,000. He healed the unclean who no one was supposed to touch. He sat at sinners' tables. He was born in a stable, he humbled himself so that he could serve you and me. He was willing to be misunderstood, mocked, despised, rejected, tortured, and killed. The king of kings made himself nothing to be the servant of all. How busy, self-seeking, or self-centered do we have to be to ignore what Jesus is asking us to do. To simply love one another enough to serve each other, to put somebody else's needs above your own. Put somebody else's needs above your own. The truth is, we will only serve others with the humility and wisdom to the extent that we are amazed that Jesus Christ has served us. We will only serve others to the extent that we're amazed that Jesus Christ served us. I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, when I get to heaven one day, I want to stand in front of Jesus, and I want him to be able to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I do not want him to say, you could have served better. You could have served more. You should have served your family better. You should have served your church better. You should have served your community better. Instead, I wanna serve with a servant's heart and I want him to be able to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus Christ is our example for what a servant's heart looks like. It's written across the entire Bible. It's written across the entire Bible. It's a clear message that Jesus is trying to tell us that this is how we serve with a servant's heart by humbling ourselves. Maybe you're in the room and you've never heard of this sacrifice that Jesus has made for you, of a servant's heart that he had to come to earth, be born in a stable, live a humble human life, and to die on a cross for you and me. Or maybe you have heard of it and you haven't been living that way. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to step into the servant's heart. But before we step into having a servant's heart, we have to accept the servant of all into our own hearts. So right now I'm gonna ask everyone across the room to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to accept the King of Kings into your heart. Maybe it's a decision you've never made or maybe it's a decision that you wanna recommit to, but when I count to three, you can simply slip your hand up and then we'll say a prayer and you can repeat it after me. One, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, Jesus says that you're going from death to life. The old is completely gone and the new has come, that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Three, if that's a decision that you wanna make for the first time today, just slip your hand up in the air. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna pray. And the rest of us are going to repeat the prayer after me as a congregation with the people that have raised their hand. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming to earth, humbling yourself, and becoming the greatest servant of all, and dying on the cross for my sins so that I can have a relationship with you. I'm asking you to come inside of my heart and live there for the rest of my life so that I can live with you in eternity one day. In your name we pray. And everybody said? Can we stand to our feet and give a round of applause for the people that gave their life to the Lord for the first time? What's gonna happen now is we're gonna have our prayer teams come to the front and they're gonna be up here. If there's a prayer request that you have, whether it's big, whether it's small, they wanna pray with you about it. And so we're gonna give you the opportunity to come forward and to pray with one of our prayer team members. If you gave your life to the Lord for the first time, we have a Now What book for you out in the lobby at the Info and Resource Center. Pastor Greg is gonna give me one to show you. You can grab this at the Info and Resource Center, but we're gonna invite you to come up to pray and we're gonna let the message of a servant's heart soak in to you this week. Let the Lord challenge you in your heart in what areas of your life in a servant's heart that you need to grow in and what areas of your life that you are being an amazing servant of God. We're gonna dismiss, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna dismiss and then you can come forward to the prayer teams. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that we get to be here and we get to worship you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for everything that you're doing in our hearts in this room, God. I pray as we leave tonight, Lord Jesus, that you would remind us of what a servant's heart looks like, that you'd give us opportunities in our families, in our church, and in our communities to show those around us what it looks like to serve like you did, Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much in advance for what this week has, and everything that you're going to do through us this week. In your name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Have an amazing week serving the Lord.